right. Thanks for tuning in today to All Things Division Three Soccer with Simple Coach and Jackie. I am Simple Coach. And that there is the Queen, Jackie. Really do appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Injured Time. I think it's going to be a little bit of a banger. Um, today... Of all the topics I asked for feedback on, on which I should go, the vote was clear. And so today I'm going to cover MLS slash Academy soccer and the purpose and what I think the results are. And I thought I'd be coming down harder than I did, but the reality is, is that I did not, and I'm kind of in a wishy-washy spot. So um, hopefully you'll find this at least somewhat entertaining and maybe informational. And um, yeah, and so let's roll with it. All right, so let me state the obvious, or what I think is the obvious. First of all, I am not opposed to soccer or how soccer should be structured or I, I really don't put much thought into it. It we, we are where we are and we look to make improvements. And so, you know, and not to mention, I just love the game. So second, I am not opposed to the concept of academy soccer. I think there has to be a avenue, a channel, a, a, a course to pursue for our best and brightest. I, I also think that the moment we stop asking, is this the best way to get those best and brightest in positions that have a meaningful impact on our professional game and our national teams, the minute we stop doing that, the minute we're in trouble and we're, we're falling behind. So I do think we have to always be asking, how do we make, how do we develop better players? But, and this is where my big but comes in. That's kind of weird. Um, you know, if we're not looking with a critical eye at these things, I just think we stand little chance to improve and that we're just going to sort of either be, you know, standing still or um, we're just not going to improve at a pace that I think um, we could conceivably do. So, all right. So to quote the great philosopher, and I think he was the Greek captain, number 10, Socrates. I was going to try to do this in Greek, but I can't read Greek. I just learned um, the unexamined life is not worth living, and although soccer is meaningful and it's much more important than life and death, I I don't necessarily think unexam, unexam, unexamining soccer will is not worth living, but you get my point. But the question is, who said that? Was it Socrates, or was it that chain-smoking, outstanding number eight Brazilian international and medical doctor who said that. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. So 
Listen, I, I understand, first of all, that there's no panacea for anything. There's nothing that is perfect at any given moment. And, and like I said, we, we I think we need to ask ourselves questions along the way. And, and just so you know, from my standpoint, I guess my bias is that I, I've been li- living soccer from the pre-development academy academy days to the development academy days to the to now MLS next I've watched from near from far from sometimes farther some from sometimes nearer away so I sort of have that viewpoint and but I mean the reality is is that I totally accept that my observations may not have apply across the vast landscape of youth soccer in the, in the US uh, but I can only comment by applying the most serious of academic disciplines called the sociology of me so what's my experience been like so so here we roll all right so if you remember my last episode of injured time I took a lot look at soccer players playing high school soccer and invariably Talking about high school soccer, one is caught um, uh, having to go down the road of academy soccer because it was largely the academies, 2012, well, 2007, it was a wink, wink, nod, nod, and in 2012, they became official where you could not compete in high school if you were going to play academy soccer. Um, you know, but academy soccer has had an impact across the landscape, right? It's a the volume of players, um, of our best players, um, and certainly has an impact on youth soccer, like I mentioned, high school soccer. Um, and you know, and the, you know, it, that impact has been because we've taken our best of what we think our best that we have to offer from a soccer perspective, concentrating on in one league and, you know, promise them, at least I put in quotes, promised, you know, some sort of path to pro more than the reality of it. And so I think that's where my biggest issue is. So, um, you know, and so if, if the way I decided I'm approaching this is, We've been playing Academy, I'm just going to use that broadly, that includes MLS Next, for 15 years. And so we should have a good sense as to how that's all working, right? Like, I, I think that's, that's a fair amount of time. I mean, that's realistically two cycles of players going starting at, you know, 10 years old. I mean, you just think of the generations of players that have sort of had a good chunk of their experience in this academy system. So, so what are the results? And that's sort of what I've been asking myself. I think from the start, I think this is a perfect, perf- the academy system in the United States is, the, is, is perfect if you're, if, if you're not a non-MLS club. Meaning, if you're an MLS club, this is just fantastic. Um, for the non MLS clubs, you know, effectively the burden is on you, you know, payments are made to the league through different organizations. You know, if you're familiar with MLS 
and you know the revenues go to the LLC losses are held at the club but invariably right there's a revenue stream that's going to the league um, you know 12,000 players what are they paying 50 bucks per season 600,000 a year you know but probably more importantly is just the structure of it right where MLS clubs now don't have to travel nearly as far for their regular weekly games and they're guaranteed to be playing a certain or the expectation is that they would be playing a certain caliber of team so effectively we've built this entire infrastructure not for 12,000 players but for 30 MLS clubs or whatever the number is now 28 whatever whatever it is um you know it, it it's interesting and I'm not saying this right I'm not just as I'm doing this um a couple of weeks ago Jerry McEwen, the director of coaching at PDA, Player Development Academy, and um, I think the same title for the ID2 program that goes on through U.S. club soccer. You know, he was making a comment about MLS clubs not having U19s, which is a big issue uh, in the club world. Um and and he kind of said it himself. I pr- think it pretty much applies everywhere. Amateur clubs are holding up the league everywhere else, and yet MLS teams can pick and choose what age groups they want to participate in. And that's not me. That's Jerry McEwen. You can find that on – see if I can't post a link somewhere um, um, to, the, to the Soccer America uh, article on that. All right, so next up. Um, I, it's clear just from a soccer perspective, it, you know, it has diminished high school soccer and dare I say ODP soccer. I think, let me rephrase high school soccer. I'll say public school soccer because there's obviously that, um, there's that exception, um, that, that, that you can take if you're a player and you're playing for, you know, pri- some private school, you can get exempted f- to play with the private school if there is some connection between you playing and your tuition. So, um, whereas there is no such leniency for public schools, which is a whole other issue. Go watch my high school soccer um, issue. And the same, and, and I would argue that ODP programs have suffered because ODP used to be the pinnacle of the soccer world. If you were a player, um, that is no longer the case. And I know, again, a lot of academies, most if not all, I don't know, um, prohibit, which is ironic, prohibit outside play, outside of the academy play. So you're verboten from doing ODP or playing some guest as a tournament. You're just not allowed to do that. Um, And like I said, you'll check out my video on on the last – episode of injured time um on high school soccer i think nobody really talks about it but you can see it at these at these um at these different tournaments i think to a certain extent it's made college recruiting easier for college coaches you know all the best players concentrated in one one place they're easier to follow watch um, and I think to that extent, I think the college coaches have been co-opted by this structure to get their buy-in. Um, 
because hey, they're handing them these players, or at least the ability to see them a little bit on a on a platter. Um, yeah. I also think something that we don't talk about right is just how aspirational this all is. So if you're not an MLS club, right, you're capturing players into the academy system based on hope rather than reality just because of the numbers game. There's only a handful of players that will make it to professional soccer and maybe a little bit more than a handful will make it to college soccer. And I think, right, there needs to be, for the amount of time devoted and, and again, sort of what you're restricted to do and, and you know, is this, is this worthy, um, is this worthy of, of doing right. And so, um, yeah, I, I think we just need to talk about that. Something else that's always bothered me. And I, I'm not sure, you know, this, this is just subjective, right? So I'm sure I'll get emails that say, Hey man, you don't know what you're, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. You should watch this team. You should watch it. I am sure I'm not seeing everyone. I cannot, nor do I wish to be quite frank. But I, I think the academy system has, has, I've said it before, so I'll say it again, has made youth soccer or our soccer players downright robotic. I think players lack the Im- imagination, the resilience, a lot of times the grit um, and the flexibility to play within circumstances that are less than ideal. And I, I think we need that. I think that's what gives us some some sense that our, we are progressing, right? Instead, we're, we're effectively creating a bunch of players and I'd argue the U20s were case in point or some some hopeful signs but and then I just look at American players and on the national team to me they're all interchangeable for the most part right you can you know the the there's no difference between a back and a you know a, a, a winger and a you know, a midfielder and a center back. Like, there's no, not not in terms of, not in terms of like size or anything, speed. But the soccer effectively is to me looks the same, and I think that's the most disheartening thing. And um, you know, it's interesting because if you watch my, if you watch the other videos that I do, I do a lot of interviews, and early on, not early on, but probably up until few months ago where it just sort of seemed that I was getting the same answer I asked almost every coach that I interviewed who have who've been around um, I asked have players gotten better over the years that was my question and I did not comment so like have players gotten better over the years most would answer something along the lines of like yes and no so they have access to so much soccer, but they lack the grit. They're better technically, but lack tactical acumen. And where does that come from? Again, we're going 
we're looking at the elite of the elite, so including college players, and they're seeing a much broader sample of these better soccer players, whether it's academy or or the elite UCNL type type players, um, and they're saying that. That's not me. This is the other one I started to ask. Has it made soccer better? Maybe. Has it made players better? Maybe. Does that mean we're developing players to become ba- better? Or are they just surrounded by the best players? And and I would I would think I I would think that after fifteen years there would be some indication that it was, that it was better. And and I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that I see that. I think, obviously, the game has changed, and I'll be the first to admit. But do I think we've gotten better? No. And, again, I, you know, there's the academy. and, and But to me, the end result is who are these players that end up on, right, MLS teams, which is what the whole intent is to sort of usher in these players to get to that level. And I, I, to me, the numbers are startling, right? Like, and I'll, I think I talk about them a little bit in a little bit. Um, yeah, I talk about, I'll talk about those in a little bit, but, um, so yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I mean, like, look, the trend lines are positive. There's more players going into and being picked in the super draft. Do they end up in MLS teams? Invariably, not really. Some do, but a lot of are starting, you know, because there's a little bit more of an infrastructure. They're getting loaned out to other clubs and that, um, you know, USL clubs and whatnot. So, um, so, um, one area where I'm just going to give a real shout out is I definitely think it's improved the number of qualified coaches. Um, I think the coaching has gotten infinitely better. Is it better because of the academy system? No. Is it better because we have guys who have be grown up in a more sophisticated soccer experience and sort of taking that learning and going through? I would... Um, I would say that's probably more the case. Again, going back to that article that Jerry McEwen um, was interviewed in Soccer America, is what he says. The academy structure that I'll say has continued with MLS Next has helped the game immensely in terms of accountability for coaching and raising the standards of club play. I'm not going to disagree with you there. You know, I, I think that funny thing is is again just sort of tying pieces together you have coaching requirements if you're going to be able to coach at an mls in the academy mls next um so you have to get a get licensed and i mean i'm not saying this either you know u.s soccer has created this little cottage industry around around coaching licenses and you know, aside from time, which, again, time invested is t- dollar spent, whether you realize it or not. But, you know, and they cost more and more as you go up through the ranks. So you legitimately could end up, you know, paying fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 all in from travel and all the work necessary um, to get to get to you know, 
to get to your A license or the pro pro license. You know, I am, I'm a capitalist, so I don't begrudge anybody to do that, but I think it's something that we need to be aware of. And, and, and I tried to think, well, is it that big of a deal? Fiscal year 2022, U.S. Soccer's audited financial statements, and I think I have it somewhere here, um, identified... 2.916 million in revenue generated from coaching education. So 2.9 million. So that to me, coaching education means all the courses. So that's that's pretty significant, right? Um, so there's a lot of folks. There's a lot of interest in that. But <laughs> I mean, the irony of it is because like, I look through this stuff and I get all geeky about it. But conversely, they supposedly spent 4.4 million or 4.5 million on coaching programs. So even under that structure, they're still losing money, which befuddles me. But what do I know? Um, w one thing that I sort of, again, I'm sort of iffy about is raising the standards of club play. Mm, the standards, mm, I, maybe. Um, the again, I think. If you're going to be playing at a certain level, I, I, I'm sure that's the that's the stand. Your standard goes up because you're again the club expectation, but also you're surrounded by all these players that are are as good or better than you. And so, yeah. So, I, I think it's more organized around the fact that these we're culling out these the best of these players, and not necessarily because these academies have done anything super better, be different. To, to, to do that um, you know I, I again I just go back to the robotic statement and a little bit different you know for me I watch in, in a lot of cases I'm again there's there's a stratus there's a level right like so you can see best and whatnot but um, you know club soccer to me I watch these videos and live games in most cases, you know, aside from robotic, it tastes like Violet Beauregard's chewing gum that she chewed for three months solid. You know, a world record previously held by her best friend Cornelia Prince Metal. I mean, okay. And then finally, the one where I'm like, okay, so let me just say I'm wrong. All this stuff that I just thought I'm wrong. And I almost did this as an afterthought. I'm like, I'm, I'm wrong, right? We have 12,000 players dedicated into the academy system. This is the finest of the finest, supposedly, right? Has, in 15 years, has it done what it is intended to do, which is to provide a path for players to go into the professional ranks? So I'm like, you know, is what we're t saying versus what the reality is. Are they the same? Are we in tune? Whatever. So, you know, again, I just go back to two, th two things, if you're going to take anything away from this. Truth of the matter is MLS Next is not about the professional game. It's not at all. It's really about the college game, I think. Um, um, and... Um, 
it's it's really about providing an easy structure for MLS MLS Academy teams to play without having to go crazy travel across the country. I think those are the two the two real beneficiaries of this structure it ends up being those guys because truth of the matter if you look historically historically if you look at the super draft or whatever we've called it over the years and it looks pretty positive you know since 2007 on on average 27 players a year have been drafted and landed at least and at least made it in onto a MLS roster. Whether they've stayed there or not, I I don't know. I know a bunch of those tend to get loaned out somewhere or play for right, they don't necessarily play on the on the team, especially now that MLS has sort of created so many rules around allowing foreign players where you could have you could have starting 11 with no US based players that makes it even more difficult um so so yeah so that that ends up being the net net result of 12,000 players a year we end up with 27 players that get drafted and are they straight from academy not necessarily um they're coming out of the co- a lot of the college ranks some do come from um other clubs but you know yeah, there's not nothing. Nothing is being thrown. Um, no, there's no channel to these MLS clubs, uh, whether it's the second teams or or the first teams that we're solving for. We're, it's just not not there that I that I can tell. There's homegrown players. Don't get me wrong, and I think that's the idea, but. I exclude, believe it, those MLS teams, those MLS academies, I exclude them from this. Like to me, they're not they're not part of the rest of the clubs, right? Like they're again, this whole thing has been structured for them and they're able to pluck and the best players and sort of their whole intent is I'm going to take a kid and ideally we're going to make him go through the rank, get him through the ranks, he's going to develop and you know, out of 20 players a in, on a squad, maybe we'll get one that could be a first teamer. Um, you know that that might that does happen, but again, I that's their purpose. I get that that is their sole purpose, but you know, you know, double elite, you know, gold cl- club somewhere. That's not their purpose, right? That's not not their objective. So. All right, so with that, that's my opinion. That's sort of what I I think of academy soccer. You know, like I said, just to go back, it's not that I hate the idea of some sort of triple elite super titanium academy um, for or league for our best players. I get it, Um, you know, but I have to ask: Is it organized in the in the best way possible? And ultimately, is it serving serving the, the serving the kids that go through it and honestly i'm 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 certainly not too sure and i'll just leave you with this i just think too like it drains the passion out of a lot of a lot of players which i think is ultimately really sad um so so with that 
Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this um, this edition of Injured Time. Um, I'll put up another poll on Twitter to see what else my what subjects I should be I should do next. Um, if you have any comments, by all means, down below, or if you'd like, feel free to shoot me an email, or um, and I, I make try to make it a point to respond when I can. So, all right, have a great one. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him happy.